All right, Bitcoin accumulation country. It's been a long time since I said this. October 7th, 2021 was the last episode of Fun with Bitcoin that was recorded. And since you're listening to this, you can tell I am back. And joining me today is a fellow Bitcoiner and a great, a great friend to me in the Bitcoin space and a memer. He's the Simply Bitcoin memeologist. And right now we're going to get the Think Boy edition of Winicus. That is who is joining us. But, but you're also a memer for, for the meme factory, which doesn't exist. Is that also correct, Winicus? No, that's incorrect. I'm actually part of the meme tards, which is damn it, the more based meme gang. But we don't have to go there. No, I. You know what? I respect and love the meme tards. I always get confused between the different meme factions. I don't know what it is. Uh, something I, for me. There's three of them right now. There's the there's the meme factory. There's the meme tards, and there is the uh, triple elite memes. There's a few more. We got the Council of Bands. There oh, yeah. Meme pool back in the day. I mean, there's a lot of meme gangs, and I'm sure more, more will form. Okay. You know what? I definitely want to go into some of this meme gang history. But before, before we do that, it is customary on the Fun with Bitcoin podcast that, especially for a first-time guest, to give the rabbit hole story. So, Wynicus, I actually, even though we've spent a lot of quality time together... I do not know your rabbit hole story, my friend. So let's do it. All right. Well, they always say that it takes three touch points till you finally get into Bitcoin. So the first time I heard about it was probably in 2012 or so, 2013. And it was some kid, some local kid that was uh, mining. And I had no idea what he was talking about or doing, but that's when I first heard about Bitcoin. And I've, asked other people about it back then and they didn't really understand it. So to me, it was just like PayPal or something like that. And I just completely ignored it. The second time I joined the Miami Bitcoin hackathon, this was in the end of 2014. And I basically just joined that hackathon because I just finished the coding bootcamp. So I was just trying to develop and meet people and it happened to be in the same location that I was learning how to code. So from there, I had further discussions with people that were Bitcoiners, but they weren't really clear as far as how the messaging was for me to understand it. They were already talking about the mempool and things like that. And I, I just didn't really understand. They, they were getting a little too technical. And then I kind of came back the third time with the whole like 2017 ICO craze when it really started clicking to me when I started looking at it from a what is money standpoint and learning about the history of money, basically like starting out with barter through gold, et cetera. And then the whole like political side of Bitcoin really like piqued my interest and the power that it has on that end. Um, and then basically throughout that whole ICO craze, pumping and dumping, and eventually hearing Seyfedin talk in Miami in 2018, I started turning more maximalist. And here we are today, just completely obsessed with it, spending pretty much all day on it, fantasizing about it, philosophizing, memeing, et cetera, et cetera, meeting the nicest Bitcoiners that I possibly can. And here we are. <laughs> 
Dude, dude. Okay, I like that. So let's let's go back. Let's go back a little because I'm I'm always I'm always fascinated by what was your what was your favorite shitcoin bag and why was it going to be money? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I deep down always knew that Bitcoin was was the one, and I, I never like yep. said it was it was boomer tech or it was slower, and I, I actually never sold Bitcoin. But the shitcoin bags that were so much fun to hold. There was one called District Token. Oh yeah, they just had OX, District OX, and they had this whole like meme, uh, meme token that they were launching and all this stuff. But their website was super nice. I'm like, oh well, if they have a nice website, then they probably are really into like creating a nice blockchain protocol and all this stuff. And I I don't know, just I I was holding at some point like 50 shit coins. Who knows? Like it was all fun and games until you start witnessing the rug pulls and then peeking behind the curtain and seeing what they actually stand for and all that. But the craze in 2017 was, was wild. Just putting a little bit of money here and there and then just seeing crazy gains. And then all of a sudden uh, not understanding really how this game works and you getting held with uh, a bag of worthless shit coins. I mean, I, I even had a shit coin back in the day called Gladius that never heard of that one. <laughs> completely delisted from every exchange because they got in trouble with the sec. So I couldn't even sell it for pennies if I wanted to. So <laughs> those stories are always, are always humbling and it's part of the the journey. Oh my gosh. I absolutely. Okay. So, so look, uh, let me ask you this. How confident, uh, how, cause I remember how I felt. Okay. I remember how I, I held around my, at my peak, I held 38 shit coins. Okay. And I remember I would wake up. So first of all, I would go to bed every night, nervous as fuck. Okay. And then I would wake up every morning. And the first thing I would do was check my shitty app, you know, like block, uh, whatever the hell yep. it would block folio, folio, you know, and like, see, see how I was doing. So I have to ask you, like when you were at your peak, the peak shit coining, how confident did you feel that you were like, this is correct, right? I'm, I'm, I'm distributing, or I'm sorry. What, what, what is that? Um, diversifying. I'm diversifying my holdings. Yep. I've definitely said that before. And definitely. <laughs> I was definitely one of those people that was refreshing their portfolio a good hundred times a day. And I got so obsessed. I knew what all the shitcoin tickers were and what their projects stood for. It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm investing in Lisk uh, LSK because JavaScript and JavaScript's a very widely accepted code base. And I'm just, just very dumb rationalizations, but (laughs) it's all good times looking back at it. It is. It is. And you know what? Like that was just our journey, right? My journey was similar to yours. I, I did the same thing, you know, like terrible shit coining stories. You, you know, of one of mine already an absolutely terrible one, which I've shared before on the podcast, but anyways, it's about you, not me. Okay. So look, so we find ourselves here today, but before today you were, okay. So we're going to back up before the meme tarts. Why the memes, right? Like you were in, you were coding, and like, not that you, you know what I mean? Not that you're not coding today, but like, to me, it seems like you're heavily into the memes and you do a fantastic job. I mean, obviously you do amazing memes for simply Bitcoin. We love them. I find myself laughing at them in our telegram group. So I'm thrilled to share them. So tell me, tell me about the, uh, why the memes? I mean, I've always been like a troll class clown type person and it's my way of expressing myself and it's the best way for me to have a good time while basically waiting for a hyper Bitcoinization. I find 
the like-minded memers that don't take things too seriously. And I think it's a very concise way of expressing a message that you can have a good time with too. I think it's very interesting um, that you say, you know, about the, the entertainment and, you know, kind of like the having fun with it. I, I think that that's extremely important. You know, we, obviously we did the memetic warfare panel, right. At uh, Miami Bitcoin 2022. And that, that was, you know, part of my messaging was, was that I, it has to be entertaining. People have to be entertained. Like we have to be able to laugh at ourselves. We have to be able to laugh at the stupidity. I mean, don't forget if we don't take ourselves so seriously, we're more likely to, I believe we're more likely to gravitate towards better ideas because we're, we're not set hard in our ways for no apparent reason, you know? And, and I think that that's something that's kind of lost, like in the fiat world, right? Like the fiat world is all about conveying this, this trust in authority, this seriousness, this is serious business. You can't be laughing while doing these, these quote unquote complex things. And I find it so awesome that all of you memers um, make this like, you know, th th there were no real, the, the corporate memes, right. That come out of banks and stuff like that. Like that's all boring, uh, you know, mental diarrhea. So I find it really refreshing that in Bitcoin, you guys are doing such awesome fun things. Yeah. I mean, what I love too with memes and just in general, in the fiat world, you have people, that are ranking themselves based on status and credentials and materials. Like people instantly judge who you are based on your car or what house you have or your job, things like that. But one of the qualities that you can't fabricate is humor. Like having a sense of humor is not something that can be made up. So that's also why I love expressing myself through memes and when other people also just make me laugh through whatever images or jokes that are that they are like portraying themselves as is is hilarious to me so i mean i i see that as a form of authenticity for sure i love that you can't fabricate humor okay so now we understand why Wynicus think boy edition got into the memes so the next step is all of a sudden Wynicus joins. Okay. So I think people i guess we're going to back up right we all we all kind of really met in, I'd say Bitcoin kindergarten. Would you agree with me? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Nico was the one who got me in there and he said, dude, like, I know you love Bitcoin and all this stuff. Come every Wednesday to Bitcoin kindergarten and you'll talk with the right people. And from the first episode that I was in there and just hearing Optimus and all these other people talk, I was like, this is my tribe. You know, we all, we're all thinking <laughs> the same and they're <laughs> not really like caring who the president is and apolitical and things like that. And I was like, okay, I found, I found my people over there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And so, you know, we ended up making these, you know, these relationships in Bitcoin kindergarten. And at first Bitcoin kindergarten was hosted by a fellow Bitcoiner, awesome pleb, Nick can't mine with uh, my living truth. And, uh, and then Nick went on to become a superstar and left the rest of us behind. Um, so that, that's my version. Anyways, um, sorry, not sorry. So um, what, like, I guess what got you to, you know, what got you into co-hosting Bitcoin Kindergarten? Because now you've been co-hosting for a really long time. I, I personally... I personally love the format. I love the easy conversation. I, I love the joking nature of it. I 
to me, I think that this is incredibly important. Why, you know, how did this come about that you joined Bitcoin Kindergarten and started to make it an incredible merch shilling um, adventure where we all are dying for the Bitcoin Kindergarten logo and the merch? <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't start Bitcoin Kindergarten. As you said, it was Optimus and Nick Camine. And eventually Nick had a lot of duties with Bitcoin Magazine. And I was already basically showing up every week and, and uh, kind of like hitting up Optimus and them on the side, like, hey, how can I help? Things like that. And during Miami 2021, I made, like, I just took the initiative and made like Bitcoin kindergarten merch, like the logo's awesome and all that. And I just started like pushing it because I don't know, I was just, I was enamored by, by the movement that they were creating. So eventually Nick was like, yo, dude, I can't really, uh, do this anymore like you should pretty much step in and and join optimus so from there i don't know we just had a connection and oh, things have changed you know we we started focusing on our strong suits which is like memeing humor culture things like that and less uh technical like we used to have powerpoint presentations and like a lot of more serious stuff and optimus and i basically just thought why don't we why don't we do what we're good at, which is kind of like trolling and talking about things that are not necessarily like technical or, or specifically about Bitcoin. Like, for example, tonight's episode is going to be tips for simps. So we're going to be talking about like the dating aspects of being a Bitcoiner and like why you should if you should disclose like how much Bitcoin do you have you have to like the other or things like that, you know, so. There's like those topics that are definitely not spoken about in other podcasts that I think will be interesting. And yeah, I don't know who, who knows where this is going to go. Like it could pivot into so many ways and we have all these like funny ideas that it could look completely different a year from now. I love it. I totally love it. And I just want to go back to what you said about what you and Optimist uh, are doing, what you do best. And this is really important that a lot of us don't get, right? A, a lot of us end up thinking that we have to do something that we truly don't enjoy to get what we need out of life. And I'm not saying that's everyone, but that is a lot of people. And don't get me wrong. I, I did enjoy the informative, uh, you know, the information, I'm sorry, from a lot of those PowerPoint presentations. But in all honesty, I, I would wait until the presentations were over so that I could come and join the conversation after, you know, like, and that's, and, and I think that that to me, like that signal, you know, it signifies why I was there in the first place was to have these awesome conversations with fellow Bitcoiners, you know, and I, I'm so happy that you guys went back to, you know, to this format. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I enjoyed those PowerPoints too, but the, the reason people show up is to talk, with each other and you don't have Bitcoiners in your real life to really talk about these things. So it's basically like a digital meetup and we try to keep it fun. And like I said, it took a, a while to like kind of figure out the angle that we we're going for. And <laughs> during the last conference a, a couple of weeks ago, Optimus and I, we were just basically going around and pitching the angle that if you want to listen to Bitcoin and learn about like the technicals and the history and things like that, there's other great podcasts to listen to like Citadel Dispatch, or if you want daily news, you listen to Simply Bitcoin, but we're capturing the left bell curve, plug. <laughs> the, <laughs> the left bell curve, highly regarded audience and yeah. people that are memeing and trolling and just want to have a good time. 
You know what? The importance of that segment is really um, overlooked and understated because the majority of us are truly at the end of the day, not geniuses. Okay. And it's a lot of these simple, fun concepts that ring true with us and that immediately break through a lot of the bullshit that a lot of us think. We don't even know we think it. You just only start to realize you think it once you see the meme and you're like, holy crap. You know, like that's that's the thing. So it's it's really cool stuff. I, I, I really enjoy it. OK, so moving on from Bitcoin kindergarten, we are going to talk about. So look, what 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 the hell is open source memes or is it open source memers? Like what? Tell just tell everyone what 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 this is. Well, it's pretty much a, a running joke that could start turning serious, I guess. But we've been <laughs> seeing, <laughs> we've been saying on the podcast for the last handful of months, like don't donate to or open source developers because they're taking all the donation money in Bitcoin and start donating to memers. And it's basically, it was just basically a joke for us to capture like donations through scamming in a in a fun way. <laughs> like some of our goals is basically to make it by scamming like in a in a funny way not necessarily like intentionally but yeah i mean <laughs> eventually like i don't know we 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 are getting a lot of like positive feedback from the actual like developers and people at, in miami like we're like that's actually really hilarious so it's a meme in itself and for right now it's just a joke but who knows <laughs> i think you're gonna have to you know what Look, I, I know that you're into the decentralized homelessness. We're going to get into that in a bit. But I do think that this might be a responsibility, Wynikus, worth taking on. Yeah, I, I do. I do think that this deserves that this might be what what Wynikus was uh, was meant to do. Wynikus Think Boy Edition. I'm sorry. <laughs> as long as it doesn't feel like a responsibility, I'll keep doing it. You know, that's my goal. It doesn't. <laughs> my goal okay, so let's let's define responsibilities as possible. Okay, so hold on a second. Let's define what what feels like a responsibility. What is it that will make this feel like a responsibility to you? Um, I don't know if I if I don't enjoy it anymore. Pretty much. Okay, it's that fair simple. enough. So so you could have to do things uh, every day for it, but as long you know, as long as you enjoy it, you're all good. Yeah, I mean, at the end okay. of the day, I think. Uh, like my definition of work is doing something that you don't want to be doing at that point in time. So like open source memes is definitely something that I want to be doing at this point in time. So it's not work to me. Like it. I like it. You know what just happened? I just realized my original sound is off. Fuck. All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> that's, that sucks. Hopefully you can still hear me well. Um, anyways. Okay. So the open source memes, I love it. I know you said you're not, it started off as a joke. You're not sure what's going to come of it, but I'm going to push on that a little more. Are there going, are, are there any plans that you're talking about and who's involved in it with you? Um, I mean, right now it's just basically a Bitcoin kindergarten initiative. So it's Optimus and I, but anyone is more than welcome to join. We would love to have more brain power on this. And I would say, uh, well, right now we have the website opensourcememes.com and we have basically groups of memers that you can donate through Lightning Network. Um, in the future, we were just like joking around the other day and talking about a, a free open source meme license because you have that in the development world where 
certain projects have to pick certain licenses and if if it's FOSS or not becomes like a huge debate so we jokingly want to just like create a open meme open source meme license um but i don't know we we don't we don't really know what else to do with it um so that's definitely something that could have some more tlc they're gonna be is there gonna be merch <laughs> Probably. I mean, we'll let the free market decide, right? <laughs> I always think of that. Now, now, anytime I think of merch, I think of Weinigas. Yeah. And we need BTC pins or something, you know? And I'm not just shilling this. I'm not just shilling this. I, I have two t-shirts from you guys and I love the, I love the quality of the t-shirts. I love the, the fabric of it. I find that a lot of, you know what, we're going to get into this conversation. Fuck it. Okay. A lot of the clothing in, in Bitcoin, right? A lot of the people, and I'm not singling anybody out because that's just awful, okay? But a lot of the clothing businesses in Bitcoin, for some reason, make novelty quality clothing. And this, I think, if you're going to make clothes, I understand everybody needs to make profit, but like some people are actually really proud to have this Bitcoin clothing. And, and they they they, they want to be able to wear it more than once before it turns into something for like a, a cabbage patch kid, you know, or, or, or like a doll, you know, like it's, uh, it's just brutal, you know? So I, I was really pleasantly surprised by the, uh, by the quality. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so I hats think, off to you. Good choice. Good choice with whoever you went with. <laughs> I think most people they're like drop shipping their clothes. So they're using these, these solutions that are not really focusing on quality. And I've made merch in the past, so I definitely like like soft materials and screen printing so things last longer. And uh, we definitely want to be resembling what the quality is of our merch. So I'm a quality seeker at the end of the day. I always, I always try to find the best of something. I appreciate that. Proof of quality. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> okay. So look, so look, so we've... Um, we're going to, we're going to dive into this, this decentralized homelessness a little bit. Okay. Uh, we, the first time I saw you mention this, we were in Miami and I love the term decentralized homelessness. Um, just, just tell everyone what this means to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm basically rebranding what it means to be a, a nomadic backpacker type person. That's, that's basically it. And it, it's a lifestyle that I've been living for probably the last four years now, um, which we could definitely get into. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely getting get into this. So the reason why this came up actually was because I was talking to you about work and then, and then you said something to me about you, you're not looking for a job. Yeah. So, I mean, so tell actually. me, Oh, go on. Yeah. I'm never really like actively looking for work. I, I feel like, uh, I'm kind of an unemployable person for the most part and need, need control over like whatever ideas I have, unless, unless somebody comes with like an idea that I can really get behind, but there's certain trade-offs as far as like working for somebody, obviously like the stability, comfort and all that. And I don't know, through a lot of like thinking and philosophizing of, I've, I've never been somebody that like values money over time like time is essentially like my my biggest goal and I, i've been doing the low time preference thing for a really really long time like rejecting job offers since out of college because i know i wouldn't be happy in those jobs or like pretty much been doing that for a long time so 
Sorry. I'm just writing the time over money. I like that. Um, okay. So it's, it's actually really interesting. How, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Um, just approximately. Just, huh? hit third, just hit the third floor. All right. There you go. Just hit the third floor. Okay. So, and you're already thinking like this. I truly wish that I had thought of this back in my, in my late twenties and in my mid twenties, I only came upon the idea of time over money in my mid thirties. Um, now it's, it's interesting, you know, what you talk about, you know, the, you know, the salary and everything like that. So you chose to do this nomadic lifestyle. Tell me like where, I guess, where have you traveled so far? Like, where have you been? Well, before I talk about that, I, I can basically explain what led me to traveling that way. Cool. Yeah. Let's dive into that. I was always like entrepreneurial person and like try to start my own businesses and things like that. And at, at one point I started a software development consulting agency in Miami, built it up to like 15 employees, was working like pretty much like a dog, but it was all pretty much like a bootstrapped business. So I wasn't necessarily seeing like the benefits firsthand because I was just focusing on building a business and all this stuff. And I was very into the, the whole like hustle porn movement, like work hard, like I want to build an empire, like all yeah. these ambitious, ambitious endeavors. And then I never really took the time for myself, like work-life balance. Like I didn't take a vacation for three years. And actually I, I eventually like took one when I started getting burnt out with Shishi, actually he was there in Israel. And I was like, just reflecting. And I'm like, this is not really like giving me the most upside personally. And also like, what the hell am I doing? You know? <laughs> so eventually like I ended up having a, a little like falling out with that business partner. And it led me to realize I can be doing all this basically freelancing on the road and completely minimize my cost to a backpack and whatever like the variable the variable expenses are of those travels and on top of that just like taking advantage of these low cost jurisdictions so I was I was in Southeast Asia like to kick off like once I started going on this journey I was in Southeast Asia for 14 months and I traveled to nine countries that month that that time um I was in Vietnam for five months of that, of those 14. So yeah, I mean, I, Asia was like a very, very special place. And that's basically where like it all started happening first. And I started realizing, holy shit, like I'm living like a king off 20, $30 a day, you know? <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And oh my gosh, that lifestyle basically enables me to hodl longer because I'm basically minimizing the amount of time I need to actually work and earn and having more free time. And then obviously like it extends the amount of time I can wait for hyper Bitcoinization where I can act, where I actually have to start thinking about like touching your sats, you know? Oh, absolutely. I always, you know what, um, ever since I left my, my normie job uh, back in uh, December of 2021, that's, that, that's exactly I mean, I already, I, I was already thinking low time preference, but 
you know, like I, I don't live the nomadic lifestyle, you know, I, I own my home and, you know, I pay, you know, like I have the monthly, you know, the monthly expenses, rain or shine. So yeah, I totally appreciate the 20 to $30 20 to $30 a a day. And I I think it's very interesting. Um, You know, you and I were discussing this about the nomadic lifestyle, right? As you were explaining this to me, I was like, you know what? I think that this is pretty freaking awesome and you should absolutely continue to do this if it makes you happy. And I think one of the main reasons is I, I think a lot of people don't really understand this, but a lot of us, right. Are doing, um, what we're, what we were taught, A lot of people are living, you know, derivative lives and, you know, myself included to a certain extent, right? Because I am aware of it. So I I obviously am conscious of trying to make these, you know, these kinds of changes that don't make it a derivative life. And I'm, you know, essentially, you know, you're trying to uh, practice, we'll say personal freedom, but essentially what's, what's really scary is, is that if you really decide to take a deep look, you're not really living your, your life for yourself. You're really living a life that you learned from everyone else, that you learned from the corporate media, that you learned from your parents, that you learned from your peers. And if you stop and ask yourself, well, where did they learn how to live? Well, guess what? They also learned how to live from the same people you did or from the same types of people you did, their parents, their peers, you know, so it's really the blind leading the blind. So who ultimately really knows how any of us should really be living? Nobody. Only, only, you know what I mean? Like only you really know how you should be living. Yeah. I mean, like most definitely. And I just hope that people find the awareness to reflect on, am I living the way that I really want to? And I, I highly encourage people to really like, if they can take the times for them time for themselves to live in a way where you have the most control over your time. So like the things that I love about this lifestyle is nobody tells me basically when I have to wake up, where I have to show up, like who, like how I have to dress, what I have to do. Like when you realize like the time is completely in your control, it's really one of the most freeing feelings of all time. And you do have the ability of to think about like the greater meanings in life. So this, this, the lifestyle of, of like traveling and all that, it just enables me to have more time. You don't necessarily have to do it that way. And, and there's pros and cons, obviously like living out of a backpack. I obviously love the pros, but it, it is a skill. Like you do pick up certain, certain types of habits that you need to know how to manage like out there on the road and things like that. Definitely time over stuff. And okay. To your point about being nomadic. So for me, like I'm a, I'm a Taurus. So I, I just, and I'm like a very typical Taurus. I, I just don't move much. I enjoy, you know what I mean? Like I enjoy the same place all the time. I enjoy fantastic amount of predictability. Okay. So, so it's like, for me, when I see, when I see people living like you, like 
I, I, it makes me so happy to think that someone else doesn't deal with my stupid crippling brain, you know? So it's uh yeah, it's, it's very like, I I'm, I'm so happy for you. I, I honestly, like the amount of traveling I do is pretty much as far as I'm willing to go and I'm, I'm happy with it. But again, man, it's really beautiful that, that you're doing this. And so let me ask you this. How do you have any plans? Like how long you intend to, to live like this? I mean, for right now, it's however long I can enjoy it. Um, I, I do see myself doing this for, for a good amount of time. And I don't know, I kind of have gotten really comfortable with this lifestyle. And it's all, it's all very fluid, you know. I don't, I'm not, like, set on anything. And anything can change any day. Like, however, I move based on however I'm feeling. So if I feel homesick or whatever, I come back home. If I want to keep moving, I move. If I enjoy a place, I stay there longer. Like it, it's all variable based on where I am, who I meet, what I'm doing, like what opportunities present themselves. I, I try not to like plan too much because I think uh, the future is a little un, like it's not really promised, right? So like this lifestyle really makes me enjoy each day at a time, and it's pretty awesome. Also, not knowing like what each day holds, so. I kind of just like seek those kinds of feelings. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. So what else? What else about Wynicus going all around the world? Where to next? Actually, uh, I'm going to El Salvador next, back to Bitcoin Beach. It'll be my third time there. I haven't really spent too, too much time there in, in the grand scheme of things. I, the, the two times that I went, it was only for a week. And usually when I travel to places, I like to spend long periods of time there just because you get less burnt out. You really get to know the places, the people that live there, and you really feel like you're a local in that sense. So I am going back to El Salvador. And the reason being <laughs> because I found the $38 one-way flight there. So a lot of those kinds of things are reasons why I move at times. Um, also, like not having a, a fixed schedule of like where you have to be, you can get to really take advantage of these cheap flights that be like, oh, well, there's a cheap flight like three weeks from now going to that country. Like, all right, let's just do that. So <laughs> a lot of it, it has to do with like spending as little money as possible. Dude, that is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> so give me insights. We want insights. All right. Like. In El Salvador, you said this is the third time you're going back? Yeah, correct. Okay, so it's the third time you're going back. What's the re like, what's been your Bitcoin experience in El Salvador? Well, I've talked about this in the past on kindergarten, but Bitcoin Beach is a really awesome place. And you can, you truly can spend Bitcoin everywhere. Like, I'll rent my surfboard in Bitcoin, I'll buy pupusas in Bitcoin. But, and the okay, beach wait. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Just, just explain for everybody, because I, I've heard you talk about the pupusas many times. Just for the listeners, what exactly is this food that you rave about so much? <laughs> I mean, it's their <laughs> national dish, so I, I always try to eat like the foods that the locals are eating. But it's pretty much just corn, corn tortilla stuffed with uh, cheese and either like other meats or veggies. And okay, that sounds great. It's a super filling meal and it's super cheap. Like one pupusa can range anywhere from like 30 cents. The high end ones are like a dollar. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. You get four, so <laughs> it's a I'm good. Sorry. I'm sorry, the high end pupusas. <laughs> All right. So he's got so he's got the cheap food. He's got the you know, he's hanging out in El Salvador. So there is some Bitcoining going on there. OK, so let me ask you this. Have you like have you gone into I guess like because, look, I've never been there. Like, have you ever gone into downtown? I mean, away from Bitcoin Beach is like what's have what's that Bitcoin experience like if you've you know gone through anything there? I, I actually have never been to the capital, San Salvador, where I hear there is like Bitcoin activities and stuff. But lately I've been I've been avoiding cities and during the pandemic, they've just been on on some like crazy paranoia. So I kind of have been staying away from cities, but I did explore other parts of El Salvador. I, I did a really nice uh, trip called the Ruta de las Flores, which is like the route of the flowers, which has all these like little towns basically that you visit and stay at. And I did go to the second largest city uh, in Santa Ana is called. So, I mean, there's less Bitcoin activity there. It is possible to find. I found it like way underwhelming just because my my first experiences were at Bitcoin Beach where it's like Bitcoin everywhere, strike signs with their usernames to pay for and every business. Like everyone has a, a lightning wallet. Like it was like crazy. And then you go to these other places and people are like, no, nah, like we're not taking it or only dollars or they don't really understand it. Even at Bitcoin Beach, like there's a learning curve for locals, but they're, they definitely know how to accept it and all that. But I did happen to meet these two Italian people in Miami and they were traveling around El Salvador for about a month and a half. And their goal was to only spend Bitcoin. They weren't, they said, we're not allowed to spend fiat in this period and they successfully did it. So I, I told them, I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. I didn't really see it in Santa Ana or these other places. And they're like, Oh, it's there. You just have to really look for it. So again, it's, it's really early over there and all that. And, People are still learning, so you, you can't have like such high expectations. But if you're going to just Bitcoin Beach, it, it's definitely a different experience. I think you bring up a really good point, right? Um, people don't appreciate that Bitcoin is only 13 years old. You know, like pe people, I, and I think that that's where a lot of the stupid shitcoining comes from and, and all of these people trying to innovate somewhere that they shouldn't be innovating when really, if they really wanted to innovate and not scam, they would just build on Bitcoin. And then if what they build creates value, then they will be rewarded. Um, but I think that that's where a lot of this comes from because people don't appreciate the, the innovation, the strength of the network right? And the ecosystem that's being built out. And this takes time, you know? So even, you know, I, I had, uh, what was it, you know, even at Bitcoin, at the Bitcoin conference, right? If you went to go, but like some guy told me that like I was lying, but like I wasn't lying. Like they did not accept on-chain Bitcoin. They, they did not accept on-chain Bitcoin. If you went up to go buy a shirt, yes, they did accept lightning, but I'm just saying like, you know, why one and not the other? Why not both? You know, so we're still we're still extremely early. There's so much innovation to, you know, to come. And, you know, we're, we're just yeah. I think we're I think we're being like overzealous. Right. Like expecting because I, I, I you know, when I heard that El Salvador, you know, was going to be, you know, have Bitcoin as legal tender. Like you just picture like all of a sudden. Right. Like this fantasy camp, you know, like every single fucking thing is just Bitcoin. You know, you know, it's like you, you turn the page on a book and boom, it's the Bitcoin country. You know, like it's, it's just not how it works. 
you know, so I think that I think that we shouldn't be overzealous. And I, I like um, I like your framing of it. It's it's an objective framing and uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole like low time preference thing that came out of the Bitcoin like talk is is definitely like one of the things that really I really like live by. And I think it's important. Like you, you just look back at the Internet like 20 years ago, nobody's streaming Netflix like from a smartphone. So when we say like we're so early, we really we really are. And there's just so much more to be built out. And the ease of use of all these things are are going to improve tremendously. You know what? Um, to your point, right? Like I, I was born in 79. You know, so I grew up in a time before all of, you know, like all of the really great technology. I grew up before the average person had the Internet. And I can tell you with smartphones, when the first smartphones had web access, it was awful. It was a terrible experience and it was super expensive. And I kid you not, the average person, right? I'm talking about somebody who's not in tech, right? The average person was looking at this technology and you know what they said? They said, well, this is just a gimmick. No one's ever going to browse on their phone. Yeah. And, take a, and take a look at us today. It takes time. I mean, people right? are also with their like Blackberries and the keyboard on the phone. And now everyone has a iPhone or smartphone. Like it, it takes time, but it, it does happen before you know it, like gradually, then suddenly, I don't know. I, I think in, in a matter of like 10, 20 years from now, things are going to look completely different but people don't have the patience obviously to wait that long so you just gotta nope, step up, right that's exactly right that's exactly right people are impatient high time preference and everybody wants to be billionaires yesterday you know so they end up thinking that they're innovating but really they're just building out crap you know and that's it's just a shame right they build out crap and people get scammed <laughs> so i agree <laughs> oh man well, dude, do you have, uh, do you have anything uh, before we wrap up? Anything else you'd like to add? I mean, I could definitely like keep talking about travels and things like that. Um, I just, I just hope that pretty much people can really take whatever time they can extended period of time to travel, like whether it's a few months, six months, a year, like if you could really find the time to go on your own, or if you like you're with a significant other to go with them, you know, I think it's really important to see the world, observe different cultures, um, like try new things, eat new foods, like have an open mind. It, it really like changes your perspective in the grand scheme of things. I mean, not only that, like you, you're strapped with the power of, of knowing about Bitcoin. So going out and teaching people and talking about it um, in, from other countries is, is like pretty inspiring and it's cool to see how they react to it. So I definitely recommend those things. And yeah, I mean, it's, I'm here to, to help anyone if they have recommendations on <laughs> what they need in their backpack, like where to stay, how to, how to get around, things like that. I love it. And I, I promise I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to travel more. Okay, so where can people find you? If they're looking for Wynikus, Think Boy Edition, where do they find you? I'm on Twitter at Wynikus, W-E-I-N-I-C-U-S. And you could come every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, Bitcoin Kindergarten. It's just a casual conversation. You can come in, ask whatever you want. 
Um, yeah, I mean, those are pretty much the best two places. I love it, my dude. I love it, my dude. I'm looking forward to uh, to tonight's to tonight's episode. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. I hope to see you there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you so much for joining me. For sure. This was awesome. Cool. Take it easy. <laughs> Bye.